Good afternoon and welcome to the Young News Podcast. Your host, John Phillips, on this Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. It is a solo show. I'm going to do about a five, five, ten minute show real quick, just on something that's been coming about in the, in the news quite often. And, and, and that is the fact that it seems to me that the moderate voter, the center left voter, the liberal, the classical liberal voter doesn't seem to be on board with the opposition of Joe Biden. And I think this is very interesting to me because I think it is still under, I think people are still under the impression that if ultimately they're moderate voters, they consider themselves moderate voters or they're classical liberals, um, you know, defenders of free speech and a little bit of free markets and government intervention at times, right? It doesn't seem to me that they are coming to defense of those professors who are being booted simply because they don't toe the line of a particular ideology. It doesn't seem to me that they are coming to the defense of free speech like the way I would think they would come to the defense of free speech. It doesn't seem to me that they are skeptical of some of our government organizations such as like, for example, the CIA or the FBI. It seems to me that they are perfectly okay with giving information over to those authorities because they believe that they know what's best. And why I find that very interesting is because under George Bush, that was not the case. That's some of the greatest critics of George Bush and the way that he would use those government institutions, it's very interesting to me that some of his greatest critics were the center left, the classical liberals, the moderate voters that did not go along with George Bush's push and plan to use government in that type of way that would infringe upon people's civil liberties. So here we are, it's 2021, and you don't see the center left, you don't see the moderate voter, you don't see the classical liberal push against Joe Biden's plan to, in my opinion, continue to divide our country and do so through race politics, through gay politics, through all sorts of things in which he knows and his movement knows are going to divide us, not unite us. It's, it's very interesting to me how when we look at something like critical race theory, when we look at something like cancel culture, when we look at you know, something like the CIA, that you would think that on these issues, there would be voters out there that would say enough is enough. You've crossed the line and they haven't budged. And my explanation for this, and I'm just a rookie, right? I'm just an amateur. I don't get paid for a living uh, to make incredibly powerful, sophisticated, elitist points and am called an expert by society, right? I don't get that title, but I will say this. My explanation is the fact that the left, the center left, the classical liberals, the moderate voter is absolutely terrified of being affiliated even a little bit with anything to do with Donald Trump. And for some reason, if you oppose the ideologically driven left, even just a little bit, you are looked upon as helping the enemy, which in their eyes is led by Trump. And so I actually believe that part of the, the main reason why there is crickets coming from classical liberals, crickets from those who consider themselves center left, is because they cannot afford to be affiliated with Trump. They cannot afford to be labeled as conservative, even though it's not accurate. Even though they never voted for Trump, even though they don't consider themselves conservative, they know that the op that that the quote unquote their side of the aisle, 
their ideological driven side of the aisle will label them an enemy. And an enemy means that you are a Trump supporter, that you love Trump, that you are on board with the radical conservative agenda, that you are alt-right, and they can't afford that label. And so you see that in the them working. They, they, are, they are people who are working in the private sector, in the public sector. They have friends, they have family members, they have jobs that they're afraid that if they say something or at least don't go along with something, don't put that rainbow flag on their window, that they're going to be labeled as homophobic. If they don't put the BLM sign or at least speak out against some of the things that are built inside the BLM uh, ideology, that they are going to be a racist, right? That if, if they speak out against some of the things in which the flag now seems to be representing in an authoritarian way, they are now homophobic. They are now transphobic. Right. If they are believing relatively secure borders, they are now obviously, you know, xenophobic phobic and they can't afford that with the jobs they with the job that they hold and the decisions that they make. They can't afford that. And so you have this silence and it's there and it's not going away. And as a result, where the country is being led by this radical, ideologically driven left-wing side of politics, this is ultimately what we have, right? We have a movement that's got no one in front of them saying, listen, pal, you bring up some points that have some truth, but not all of it is truthful. And to go along and act like you have all the answers to all the problems in the world, and they can all be traced back to racism, sexism, homophobia and xenophobia if you do that and simplify okay some of the problems that we face and you don't realize that the world's a lot more complicated than you think if no one decides to object even just a little this movement is not going to stop now i know people think it's going to burn itself out and that might be the case but to just stand there in silence and watch people who represent traditionally your side of politics, do what they're doing and to have you be silent as a result of fear, fear of being labeled a Trump supporter, an alt-right supporter, someone who is bowing down and kissing the ring of conservatives, even though all those statements that I made do not at all accurately define these voters, these people, these Americans. This is ultimately what the situation we have. And so I just wanted to share a quick podcast on exploring the topic of why so much silence from the middle. And again, I believe it's this fear of being labeled as a friend of the other side. And in that case, it would be the friend of Trump, right? Or the alt-right or those conservative Christians or those white alpha males who are filled with toxic masculinity that want to treat our you know, country like it's their slaves. They are the oppressors and we cannot help the oppressors. And this is where we are. And there's silence. And it'll be very interesting to see if there is a change in this attitude if people decide to, look, they don't have to protest. They don't have to speak up in a loud mic with a loud microphone. But there should be a little bit of obje objection to totalitarian measures that are taking place. And again, these are some of my thoughts that I have. And um, with all that said, I look forward to being back sooner, uh, soon this week with Sean. And for we'll be doing another uh, duo podcast uh, very soon in the, in the near future.